this week on The Startup Life. When I joined the technical path, my dream job was still to teach. It was just, now I want to teach heating and air conditioning. All right, Startup Nation, so let's take flight with Rolandis Rogers, founder and owner of Rolandis Rogers Air Conditioning and Heating. The Startup Life begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Hey, Startup Nation. Do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose from the label yourself, make your own look, and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. We got a special guest in the building today, Mr. Rolandis Rogers. What's going on, boss? What's up, man? How are you? Uh, you know me, living the dream. You ready to pour some knowledge in the startup life today? I think I'm ready. All right, all right. As always, this is the Startup Life powered by the Binge Podcast Network. So first thing first, Ro, tell me about your path to entrepreneurship, man, and tell us about your company. All right, my path um, wasn't a typical path, okay. in my opinion. I never really desired to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I grew up in Memphis, you know that, in the Westwood area. For sure. And... I started down a path of the what they call the dual path, you know, in high school. For sure, so for sure. I was considering the four-year thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have the trade as an option, and what happened was we had the broadcasting program. The broadcasting program okay. came up, and I entered the broadcasting program, and I kind of fell in love with that. Okay. And after then, we had the Votech teachers to come around, mm-hmm. and the Vo- one of the Votech teachers. They were recruiting, basically trying to recruit you to come to their particular program. One of the, the Voltech teachers said he made $10,000 in one weekend doing heating and air conditioning. Wow. So I immediately <laughs> said, I want to join his class. <laughs> and gotcha. that, that's kind of how I got my foot in the heating and air. So mm-hmm. that was 11th grade. I started doing heating and air conditioning. And initially it was, you know, we were getting bussed over to the Southwest Voltech Center, meeting new people. For sure. I didn't know if sure. I was going to like it or anything like that. I fell in love with it, 11th grade. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this is coming way more easier than I expected. <laughs> gotcha. So I did that 11th grade, did that 12th grade. By the time I graduated in 2004, mm-hmm. my mind was made up. I'm going to take the technical path. Gotcha. And um, and one of the reasons that I made up my mind to do that is because I saw so many people in my environment, you know, cousins and, and mm-hmm. friends who had taken the four-year path. For sure. And For sure. received degrees, but they were still struggling to find satisfaction mm-hmm. in their work life. Mm-hmm. And um, so... The way I looked at it was, I can go down this technical path with this trade. I know if I do this, I'm going to always have work. And um, initially, my goal was still to teach, though. If I was sure. going to take the four-year route, I would have been a teacher. Okay. okay. So when I joined the technical path, my dream job was still to teach. It was just, now I want to teach heating and air conditioning. Ah, so I, got you. Okay. I went that route. After I graduated from high school, I went to Vatterock College and got my heating and air conditioning technology degree there. Immediately after that, I was hired at one of the largest residential HVAC companies in Memphis. In my opinion, at that time, it was the best. And I learned so much there. And I stayed there a handful of years. And the opportunity came up for me to teach 
heating and air conditioning mm-hmm. at the trade school that I went to. So I taught there for almost around eight years. Oh, wow. I, I was the HVAC teacher there, which okay. was my dream job, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it came way sooner than I expected. Gotcha. So again, from the time I was in 12th grade, I've been, all I want to do, I want to teach heating and air for I want to teach, I feel like that's my calling in life, teaching. I teach a lot of other things with gotcha. some other things too. For sure. But when it came, again, it came way sooner. So I'm 20, 23, 24 years old, and mm-hmm. I've been teaching five, six years, and I'm like, man, I have a long life ahead of me. Right. What's next? Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. So even though I enjoyed teaching, the scheduling where I was 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 kind of difficult because it was a it was a split shift. Right. And I know it's a long story, but it was a split <laughs> shift. So we worked in the morning, worked in the evening. Long story short, I wasn't able to get home to my family in time. Mm. And I went to my instruct I went to okay. my boss at that time and I was like, you know, I would really I'd love to teach, but is it okay if I just start working the day shift only so I can get home. Now, in the meantime, I had already started the heating and air on the side. It was just like a side hustle, right? But I'm still not expecting to do this full time. I just love teaching. Mm -hmm. But as I'm doing this on the side, I'm getting more and more customers. I'm starting to make more and more money. I'm starting to see traction. Mm -hmm. And then every evening, I'm driving back into my my teaching job mm. and I'm having to turn away money, I'm having to turn away customers to get back to this teaching job, plus I don't get home till late at night. Gotcha. So I feel like those circumstances and God kind of pushed me to my entrepreneur entrepreneurial career For sure. because I wasn't allowed to get that time off and only teach the morning class. So I was like, okay, more so than money, more so than, than this career, is that family time. For sure. And Absolutely. I was like, in order for me to spend time with my family, I'm going to have to take this jump. And that was like the thing that kind of initiated. Mm-hmm. But again, the reason it was it was kind of easy and what I think confirmed it was I was slowly growing my side hustle and it was slowly becoming a business. For sure. For sure. And um, I, I fed into that. I nurtured it. I got a little encouragement, and here we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the owner of Road Rogers Air Conditioning and Heating, mm-hmm. which what I believe is is the best, one of the best heating and air con- residential heating and air conditioning. It's the best. We just gonna say the, it. It's the best. It's the best. There we go. There, <laughs> there we go. go. We, try, we try to be humble with it, right? But <laughs> I feel like it's the best heating and air conditioning company that you can call for residential heat, heating gotcha. and air. Gotcha. That's what's up, man. That that that's a lot. And startup nation, I, I, I want to dive into a little bit of something that Rose said. You know, first of all, finding that work life balance. That's always important you know if if you're out here grinding that's great but if you don't have time for family what is it all worth for right that's true is what is it all for but you know i want to ask you something that uh uh, that you said so when you talked about you know that you love teaching and that was something you just always just wanted to do were you were you a bit fearful of making that shift from something that you always love to do into doing that entrepreneurial side like what was that shift to where it's like mm, i don't know but i'm just gonna go for it like you know how, how did how, what is that that thought process like well again for me it was it was a little unique because mm-hmm. i was already growing my my business right so i didn't i would say i didn't have the the fear okay that i otherwise would have had gotcha. if i didn't i if i didn't have some evidence fair enough and i felt fair like enough. Because again, when I was I was growing this business over like three, four, three, four years, mm-hmm. and so like I said, every every year I'm getting more and more customers. Every year I'm getting you know more and more people saying that you know they will do business with me and showing that they'll do business with me. Mm-hmm. So I felt like it wasn't a big a big um, risk to gotcha. be honest, for sure, because I had some proof there, for sure. Well, let, let me ask you this, man. You know, what did the family think about when you made that shift? 
Because, I mean, you see it. You see the proof of concept. You're like, man, like, this can work. But not, family doesn't always, and friends also as well, they don't always see that. How did, how did you, you know, reconcile that with family and friends? Um, good question. Great question. <laughs> the wife, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that's who was most, most important when For sure. she, with that decision. Absolutely. At first, she she didn't see it at all, like you said. Right. So one of the things that I did, and, and it's crazy, I have I have most of my friends, at least in the business world, do heating and air as well. Okay. So what I did was I used the example of one of my friends, mm. and I threw out some numbers that he, were, that he was making in his business okay. to comfort my wife. Okay. Which... I, I did that just for her. I knew the whole time I wasn't going to take his same business model, right? For sure. So for even sure. though we were doing a similar business, he, mm-hmm. he was doing it through a, a different model. But I what I did is I signed up with some home warranty companies. Oh, and, okay. And what I told my wife is these home warranty companies are going to give me the business. So if, if we mm-hmm. ever if I ever get slow, then mm-hmm. I just sign up with another home warranty company and there's nothing to worry about. Gotcha. Which again, in my mind, I'm never going to depend on these home warranty companies. But it's a good safety net and right. that was also a reality because of course even though I said I didn't feel a lot of risk there's always risk right absolutely. So, so, absolutely so that also comforted me saying okay if I don't grow my customer base the way that I want to I can always sign up with another home warranty company mm-hmm. and one of again one of my close friends was was doing the same thing with home warranty company and he 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 worked a whole lot with them he brought in some some good revenue right. so I told my wife I said this person right here he signed up with this home warranty company, and this is what he's making. And, mm-hmm. and then that was just kind of let her know it's out there. And I believe in me. I believe I can do it without without doing that. Absolutely. But that was something for her to see, right? For sure, for so, sure. So that kind of helped that transition. Friends, they <laughs> they didn't come around, right? It, it's mm-hmm. like show and prove. Mm, so, gotcha. and, and I was never concerned about friends. Like my whole life, I've kind of been a loner, which is um, in some ways good, okay. in some ways bad. Gotcha. And I have friends, but the one really important friend, he was there for me. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say really important, he knows the business, you know, for he sure. knows business. So he was there for me. He saw it. He's also one of my, you know, customers. So he was there to support and everybody else. It was like show and prove. I don't expect them to believe. Gotcha. Fair enough. Now, Startup Nation, you know, Roe brought up something really interesting that I want you to take heed into. So when he talks about signing up the home warranty companies or whatever, right, that's like, that's you know less time he has to spend marketing or whatever. That's like that's like easy money almost, right? Because like they're bringing business to you. You don't have to go out and get that business. And, right. and so when you're making that transition from nine to five or the entrepreneur, that's something that you can look into, Startup Nation, uh, as you make that transition. But before we dive right back into it, man, you're a Longhorn. I'm a Longhorn. We both went to Westwood High School here in Memphis, Tennessee, man. And we have a lot of friends who went to Westwood that are entrepreneurs, man. What's in the water in Westwood, dude? That, what, what's going on there? That's a good question. I think, <laughs> I think you, you know, we, we know a lot of people in the Memphis area call Westwood the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's, it's something... And that coming out of that environment. Real quick, shout out to Ashley Holder, who was on the Startup Life is once, you know, once upon a time as well. But go ahead, man. Just like, one of those examples. For I sure. would like to shout out Ashley too. She's also one of my good customers. She's there the it best, is. Best there you go. Lady you can have for sure, for right. sure. But, but I think it's the it's the the determination that we have coming from humble beginnings, and mm-hmm. I think again the attitude a lot of times is show and prove. Yeah, like coming you. from Westwood, a lot of people counted us out. You know, growing up in Westwood, when people said you're from Westwood, people automatically mention you know negative things for sure well I heard Westwood do this I heard Westwood do that but again 
we had we had a, a group of people who were intelligent that, that people don't talk about. You know, you have intelligent people in Westwood. People right. don't talk about you have honest people in Westwood. Mm-hmm. So I think it was the the fight, the determination to show people that Westwood is not just what you've seen on the news, or Westwood sure. is not just what you heard. And again, it's, it's, I think we have a certain grit that a lot of people just don't have. I believe that, and I think growing up in Westwood, that adversity is one of our biggest, you know, going through adversity is one of our biggest strong suits to make us to where we can be successful entrepreneurs and business owners or whatever we decide to do, right? But I think that grit that you talk about, like, you know, I think a lot of people in other places in the city don't really have it like we do. But I'm biased, but that maybe that's just me, for I sure. you're right. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but let me ask you this, man. Like, who or what inspires you as an entrepreneur and why? I get inspiration from a lot of sources okay. and a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So one, one of the things that I think um, is, is a good quality that I have is – I'm always sponging. Gotcha. I'm always sponging. So, so every single person that I see, I'm looking at the good in them, and I'm and I'm wondering what can I take from them. So, some of the main people that I get inspiration from on a daily basis are entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Like in in general, I listen to a certain I listen to certain podcasts. One of them being this one. So <laughs> you you um, your wife. The, the owls, you know, mm-hmm. having an owl in your corner. You I appreciate know, that. You all really give me inspiration, and, mm-hmm. and I'm not just saying that because because I'm here, but when I look up and I see people who are from where I'm from, right? you know, being successful, and again, not selling for the status quo, right? For sure. That for always sure. inspires me. So, again, you and the other entrepreneurs from the Westwood area, mm-hmm. but then it's, you know, people on a larger scale. For sure. For you sure. You know, like, people, I just listen to people's stories, mm-hmm. and... People like Kobe Bryant, the mama mentality. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons that that somebody like Kobe inspires me is because he's not again what you see when you look. Like a lot of people may not know how many languages Kobe speak. A lot of people may not know, you know, how he's so into detail. A lot of people may not know is that he didn't just depend on talent, but he depend on work ethic. For sure. And, and I look at somebody like that, not saying that I want to be them, right. but again, that work ethic, those details and things like that mm-hmm. inspire me. And of course, um, People like Mark Cuban, that for sure. He he, sure. he inspires me, and again, I can go on and on. Damon, I love. I'm a big fan of Shark Tank, mm-hmm. so anybody on that cast, and right. I do have some some local people, you know, as well. But mainly people who I can look at, identify with, and say, "That's great. Let me steal some of that greatness and apply that to my I life." I hear that. Let me steal some of that greatness and apply it to my own. I hear that, man, for sure. Let me ask you this, man. You know, what do you wish you would have known before you started your business, bro? So what I wish I would have known before starting a business is the importance of networking mm-hmm. and building meaningful relationships. Gotcha. I mentioned earlier, I was a, I was sort of a loner, you know, mm-hmm. coming up in high school. Yeah. So, and I had a few friends. I was kind of, you know, friendly with people, but I didn't build relationships. For sure. And For sure. that, in, in a sense, affected my business in a negative way because, as you know, mm-hmm. like, in order to grow a business, you need people. The Absolutely. more people, the, the stronger your network. So I had to build my network on the back end, mm-hmm. you know, more so than I would have if I would have already had a larger network. So I wish I would have known the importance of, again, networking, building relationships, being in the community more. Right. And, and, and that part is important, man, especially like because we're both in service-based businesses, right? It's like, you know... Uh, 
you know, we don't sell cupcakes and hamburgers, so we kind of have to explain a little bit about what we do. Right. And so, no, that that's important to uh, to understand Startup Nation. Like, you know, especially in service-based businesses, you got to build that network. Sometimes it's just one of the things you just cannot get around. You just right. cannot. Thank you for sharing that, man. I appreciate that. So let me ask you this, man. What did you learn from your worst boss, mentor, or teacher you ever had? From my worst boss, I learned how not leading effectively can kill the morale in a workplace environment. Mm-hmm. And so what I do is, again, I take things and I'm a sponge. So I looked at what they did do or what they didn't do well and mm-hmm. how it, again, in my workplace, how it killed the morale. For sure. And, and when the morale is gone, it's going to affect the product. So mm-hmm. I take that and apply it to my life and I say, okay, I've seen what happens when you do this, so I'm going to make sure I don't do that. Gotcha. For sure. For sure. And, you know, um, it's important to understand that we can learn a little bit of something from everybody. Right. It's like it's not just because somebody gives us great advice doesn't necessarily mean we can't learn from that person. We can very least we can learn not how to do what they did wrong. Right. Right. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Let me ask you this, man. You know, how do you market or advertise you use social media, word of mouth? What works best for you? Now, I know. Now, I've seen you at, at the spot. We all we both me and you know what the spot is. Right. So we, right. we they ain't paying for no sponsorship, so we ain't gonna say that over there. But um, but I, I I always think that like when you go through uh, the drive through or whatever, you, you're giving that you like you're advertising because you're in that big beautiful van that you got right, and it's like right. plastered all over the face, you know, roll roll Rogers, uh, you know, uh, heating and air and stuff like that. So I think that's brilliant, by the way. Thank but you. what are other ways that you get the word out that you're here to serve the community for sure? Word of mouth is one, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, besides word of mouth, we do in, we do advertising on social media. Okay, I, I have a, a so I have a Facebook business page. Mm-hmm. I have a Twitter business page. I have a, a IG business page. Okay, and we pump things on those. A lot of sometimes, in order to get more involvement, we we will do like drawings and giveaways on okay. the Facebook Facebook page mm-hmm. and. We also do paid advertising on so on social media. Okay. So you know, Facebook switched up their algorithm a while sure, back to where sure. you know it's not as easy to to get your name out organically. Mm-hmm. So we will do paid paid advertising campaigns. I've done some radio advertising, and I, I I've also done something that I try to encourage a lot of entrepreneurs to do it, okay. when you first get your name out there. One of my best forms of advertising was the Groupon. Mm, okay. And, and the way that came about was I was I was riding down the street, I was driving down the street and, mm-hmm. and my wife she was she's big into couponing and saving and things gotcha. like that. Gotcha. So she was on this app and she was talking about all these huge savings. And I was like, what what are you on? She said, I'm on Groupon. So I actually I said, look and see if there are any service companies on there, heating and air, things like that. Mm-hmm. She said, Yeah, they have a service category. So what I did was I signed up to get a Groupon ad and I looked at all the service companies in the area and I made sure that I had the best deal in the Memphis area, and mm-hmm. it was a dead giveaway. So what I did was I signed up. I, well, I did a, a promotion to do a heating tune-up and an air conditioning tune-up for twenty-nine dollars. Okay. That's I come out check your heat and AC and tune-up for twenty-nine dollars. Wow. Now the thing about that that is when you do a Groupon, you don't get all of that money. You get half of that money. So gotcha. basically, I'm getting $17. Right. But this is how that helped me. Mm-hmm. I was getting in front of so many people mm-hmm. because it was the best. Why being the biggest right. discount? That was like an 80% discount. Right. By being the biggest discount, it, they put me at the very top. 
Gotcha. And I got in front of so many people, and once I got into the homes of the people, I just, you know, did what I do, showed them great customer service, and I got a lot of customers from there. My very first Groupon customer, he was someone who had rental properties. Mm-hmm. He had eight rental properties. Okay. So I ended up getting him as a customer and all of his rental properties. He also turned me on to somebody who had 27 rental properties. So I ended up taking care of all of theirs. So that's one of the things. Again, I, I do social media, mm-hmm. and I look for different, different couponing things that I know – homeowners will will look at so and in internet uh, i do seo as well internet advertising and google for sure for sure and you know startup nation you know if if you're here in the memphis area and and you want to get in contact with roheen and air all of his ig facebook twitter and website is there in the show notes for easy access for you to access and get in contact with them and also you know two things i want to point out uh one is a one thing i want to point out and two is a follow-up question actually the first thing is is that like you brought up something really important. We have a little, a lot of new entrepreneurs out there. It's like, you know, well, no full price everything, right? Like, you know, pay me what you owe and this that, and the other. And so they don't understand that sometimes you kind of have to reduce that rate or do something uh, that gives the customer value in order to get in front of more eyeballs, right? Sometimes you got to sacrifice the price point to get in front of more people. It's right, true. and so I'm I'm glad you pointed that out, and that you showed that you found success with that. That's proof of concept that that can work. But also, I, what I've also noticed on your uh, on your Facebook uh, business pages is sometimes you, there's a level of teaching there, right? So it's almost kind of like you still get to uh, have the business, but also kind of educate the 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 masses on you know what to look for in your heating and air conditioning units or whatever the case may be Definitely. maybe if there's something that you can kind of tune up yourself or it's time to bring row in to kind of let me you know it's a little bit more advanced let, let, bring me in let me help you out Definitely. but but you know uh have you been able to find some um some peace with that part that you're able still to kind of teach or whatever and talk about how that content marketing has actually helped your business a little bit if you would what you pointed out i was just explaining to my cousin a week ago i have a first cousin who was also an entrepreneur okay so we were talking you know about business and one of the things that i told her is you know i really love teaching and she asked me do you miss teaching full time Mm -hmm. do you miss teaching and and you know are you sad and sometimes that you're not teaching i said no and she said why not and i said because i'm teaching every day the thing about a teacher is that's who you are so when you're a teacher at heart no matter what you're doing or where you go Mm -hmm. you're always teaching you just can't help it right so i told her the only difference is instead of me standing in the classroom and teaching 30 people at a time 40 people at a time i get to teach individual homeowners one-on-one and that's why i tell my homeowners and i love that and that's one that's one of the reasons i don't do i love residential work more so than commercial work Mm -hmm. is because that teaching aspect is there with residential with commercial you know you're going into a business and you know everybody's working but a lot of times when a homeowner calls they want to learn more and they may call and say, okay, I read about this particular thermostat online. It says it's a smart thermostat. What's the difference between a smart thermostat and, and a normal thermostat? Right. And I, I love the opportunity to break that down to them. For sure. And, you know, the other thing about me me teaching is, like you said, customers really appreciate that. That adds value. One of my most recent reviews that I received on Google, mm-hmm. the customer talked about how he an- I answered all of her many questions. Mm-hmm. And because I'm a teacher at heart, 
it doesn't bother me when a customer says, when the customer asks 30 questions. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of times a customer will apologize and say things like, I'm sorry for asking so many questions. And mm-hmm. I invite that because I feel like as a technician, as, as a business owner, my goal is not to sell you things. My goal is to educate you mm-hmm. about the services, educate you about your equipment, educate you about your options and let you make an informed decision. And that falls right in line with the teacher that I am at heart. Absolutely. And, and I think what you're doing, Ro, when you do that is like you're, you're in not only are you empowering the customer to make an informed decision, but you're 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 having them invested in the process. And if they're invested in the process, they're going to be not only, you know, a very well paying client, but they're also going to be a good client. So that way, when you give them instructions or whatever the case may be, they're going to follow those instructions and that makes your job easier. So, no, I, I think that's that's an excellent form of like, you know, marketing and empowering the customer for sure. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Let me ask you this, man. What you learned from your biggest failure? What I learned from my biggest failure mm-hmm. is failure isn't the end. I hear that. So I haven't had, in, at least in business, a huge failure. You know that that I that I would say stand out. You know, way way much more than the other failures. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm, since I'm a teacher, I'm also always in student mode. And like mm-hmm. I said, I'm a sponge. So every time I fail, I look at it. I assess the situation, and I'm always asking, "What? How can I bounce back from this?" But I will give an example of of one of the. It's sort of small, but in business, I say probably the biggest failure that I could think of. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of reviews, right? And right. Um, I have mostly great reviews, at least actually all great reviews. Mm-hmm. But one time I did get a really bad review. That was my fault. A lot of times, as entrepreneurs, we get <clears throat> we get bad reviews For sure. that that aren't yes, our we fault. Do. Yeah. But I got one that was my fault, and this was what happened I I scheduled a call with a customer mm-hmm. and when I scheduled the call with the customer I took down their information but I took down everything except for the phone number right mm. so I gave them a window I said something like you know I'm going to be there between 2 and 4 this afternoon and I'm out working that day and 2 o'clock came and I always give my customers heads up so 2 o'clock came and I was going to call and say you know what this job here has has um, taking a little bit, taking longer. a little bit yeah. longer. So I'm going, I'm going to have to be there a little later. But I just wanted to let you know I'm still coming, and you know, make sure everything is okay. Well, I grabbed my information. I looked for my information. I had everything except for the customer's phone mm. number, right? So I had his name, address, the time, no phone number. So I couldn't call. Mm-hmm. So the next day, I'm working, and I get a notification saying you have a new review. I look at this review. And it's a one-star review. Right. Terrible. Of course, my heart dropped. I knew I'm, I've always been looking forward to my first bad review. Right. But my heart dropped. And it said, don't ever call this company. They're a liar. Mm. They'll give you an appointment. And they're not going to keep up to it. And I said, okay, you deserve that review. That was the first thing. You deserve that. I hear that. Because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Right. But the other thing was, even though I failed in that moment, it's not the end. So mm-hmm. when I fail, the next question is, okay, you fail, it's over with, how are you going to respond? Mm-hmm. So I did all I could to get this cu- to get, get into contact with this customer. Long story short, I went out, I found out, you know, um, what the inconvenience was, at least from that customer's perspective. I mm-hmm. found out they had had somebody else come out and checked it. And I paid for the diagnosis calls mm-hmm. for their other company just to let them know that, 
Right. I, I understand the severity of my mistake. I understand that I failed you. I'm not going to shy away from that or run away from I that. Hear that. And I care so much about what I did. I would like the opportunity to do whatever it takes to earn your business again. And if I can't do that, I still understand because I don't deserve it at this point. But right. I want you to know that I care. So the failure taught me, and, and what happened after that, which I didn't expect, that same day, some hours later, he went and changed that one-star review to a four-star review. Look at there. Because he saw that I was sincere. He saw that I actually cared. He wasn't mm. just another customer. I'll oh, forget them. He saw that. He changed that review. And what that showed me was it's not that you fail. It's how you respond when you fail. Absolutely. Because in business, you're going to always have some things that you don't do quite right. Right. You're going to have those hiccups, right? Right. No, no, for sure. No. Uh, that That's powerful because I, I think we have a lot of new entrepreneurs out there to where when they get that one-star review, like, oh, well, I'm just going just gonna to chuck that up. But no, you took the initiative to try to turn that one into a four. And I, first of all, I commend you for that. That's dope. But also, I think it speaks to perseverance and understanding, like you said, like failure isn't the end. So I appreciate you sharing that with Startup Nation for sure. Let me ask you this, man. Entrepreneurs are always learning. You know, you're the consummate. When you're a teacher, you're the consummate student, right? So we're always talking about sharpening the saw. So what does professional development look like for you and what are you learning now? Right now, um, I'm focusing on leadership a lot in my okay. learning. There's a leadership um, podcast okay. that, that Dave Ramsey. Oh yeah, Entre Leadership. You know yeah, about the sure. Leadership. So, so um, I listen to that daily, and that's one of the things with me. This year, I, I picked up my first um, employee. Okay. So one of my goals again is to is to be a great leader. Mm. You know, and not just I don't want to be a boss. Right. right. I don't want to only be a boss. I mean, I understand technically you are a boss. Right. But I don't want the boss attitude. I hear and my that. whole thing I is that. I want I want to lead. So right now, a lot of my focus in my professional development is on becoming a a a an effective leader and what that looks like on many levels in the business. Gotcha. I hear that, man. That you know. So how's that been working out with with your your new team member? That how's it been working out so far? It's it's going well. Okay. It, okay. It's, it's going well. Um, a lot a lot of things that that I'm looking that I'm telling you I've I've been learning a lot mm-hmm. of things that I've been learning. Um, you know, able able to apply, and he is um a great great young person, mm-hmm. and he is he's what. I don't want to, you know, get too far ahead of myself, but but he, he's a he's a great a great person to have on a team. Okay. So with that, when it comes to hiring people, I have to I have to trust him, right? For sure. So so For he's sure. somebody that I trust to to do the job right, but not mm-hmm. just do the job right because a lot of people could do the job right, but but to have the right attitude and then take and to take care of customers. So it's going well so far. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, you know, you mentioned earlier about like you having friends that you know to go on that that uh, that four year path, right? And so we, you know, you know, we have like you know things like rising tuition costs and stuff like that. So I, it it, it begs the question: if if you want to be an entrepreneur, is it best to go the four year route, do some networking? Because we did establish that networking is important, or do you just need work ethic and a dream, man? It's like, what do you stand on that? I lean more so toward. Work ethic and a dream. Okay, I'm biased, right? But <laughs> but I I do see the value on the other side, right? For sure. So what I think is you have to know who you are as an individual. Mm-hmm. So I think, of course, for me, the best route was was not the not the four year route, but that's because I feel like I can learn what I need without going that route. There, I, I think that. there are probably certain industries and certain careers where you cannot or or may not be able to get it as easy. Mm-hmm. And then again it depends on you as an individual. Some people need 
some people learn in in an in, in environment alone. Like I learn better alone. Gotcha. So gotcha. So with having a lot of other things going on in the four year lifestyle mm-hmm. would have served as a distraction for me for me personally. And mm-hmm. again, what I was able to do to avoid that and still be successful is I learned from a lot of people who did go that four year route. Mm-hmm. So instead of me, you know, spending that sixty thousand dollars on that degree, I go and I and I get nuggets and I, I get instruction and I get value from the person who did do that mm-hmm. and I learn from their mistakes and I can apply that to my business and my life. But I wouldn't say that it's not needed for anyone. I don't think it's needed for everyone. Gotcha. I hear that. You know, you said something. I want to ask a follow-up real quick. You, you said that, you know, you, you learn better alone, right? And so in an in a, a industry, I imagine, like heat and air, it, you know, when you first started out, it was just you by yourself. I know you just hired somebody, but it was just you by yourself. Do you think that's why you was able to gain that success? Because, like, your personality and that business seemed to fit better. Do you think that that kind of attributes to your success a little bit or not not so much? I think it does I think it does contribute to mm-hmm. it in in a sense because again, most of my work was alone. Right. Most of my work was alone, so I'm I'm in the attics alone. I'm, sure. I'm in the basement alone. <laughs> and and you know I'm doing the work alone. So again, as I'm going through the trials, it's it's just me, mm-hmm. right? Versus somebody over my over my shoulder, you know, pointing out things and so that did help me because if it's fits my person my personality gotcha but even though i say i long when i say i learn better alone i'm specifically talking about processing and 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 holding information right for sure, for so sure. so i'm not you know devaluing how i what i can learn for in sure. group settings for sure but yeah for when sure. it comes to processing information and retaining information mm-hmm. i do all that alone i've always been that way I'm, I'm the one i can't study and listen to music at the same time gotcha. like i need i need clarity i need just gotcha. my space so that definitely helps me um in hvac because it's just just me and and that mm-hmm. unit me gotcha. and that system and me and my business Gotcha. And I think, you know, by you working alone, you know, you know, doing it your way and your process is that and the other. But I think you was able to learn as well that some, you know, eventually we got to bring, got to bring in some help. Definitely. So, you got to bring in some help. So thank you for sharing that. Last question before we go to break, man. What's your average day look like from sun up to sundown? Be as specific as possible. Get up early in the morning. Well, when I say early, it's not early for most. Early in the morning <laughs> is like like six six thirty to seven thirty for me. Gotcha. Um, depending on the day, most days six thirty because I'm trying to be at my at my first client's house mm-hmm. at nine o'clock. For sure. So I get up early in the morning. I'm spending time with the family. Um, son, I have a four year old. He's trying to go out, so get him off. You know, mm-hmm. spend a little time. With the family in the morning, I like to get some encouragement going in the morning. Sometimes okay. that encouragement is music, you know, that. just depending on my mood. Sometimes it's music. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's an early morning podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's the Bible. I, I'll, um, I don't do a lot of reading in the morning, but I'll, I'll play the Bible. You know, just listen. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, gotcha. listen to the actual words. And so I get the inspiration in me. And after I do that, I'm going straight to my schedule for the day. Gotcha. Um, a lot of times over the night, I may receive, you know, a lot of inboxes, emails, and things like that. So mm-hmm. I'm going for my schedule, what I already have, what's com- what's come in overnight, and getting that planned out. And then I'm headed out to my um, to the spot. A lot of times, you for know, sure. bre- <laughs> bre- breakfast is, a, is a, um, <laughs> the most important meal of the day. So I head out to the spot, and once I leave the spot, it's to that customer's house. Gotcha. Usually, I'm I'm doing between between four and six calls a day. Mm-hmm. It does okay. slow, slow down some in the winter. So the gotcha. first call again, I'm normally trying to be there around nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. And from there, I may work until like 
6 p.m., sometimes 8, 9 p.m., depending on, you know, the schedule of the homeowners. And once I get back in, it's invoicing, right? Gotcha. So, yeah. So that, that's the hard, you know, one of the hard parts of the business. Like, a lot of people only see, you know, what I'm doing. So when I get back is I got to get all the invoicing taken care of. I got to mm-hmm. make sure I get in my notes. And after then, I try to get some time in with the little man again or in between there. Gotcha. Because he has a bedtime. So I'm, a, sure. I'm a night owl. Gotcha. So, that's that's the night and gotcha. do it all over the next day i hear that so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break how you like being on the star of life so far man man it's a pleasure <laughs> i'm loving it awesome awesome all right startup nation i hope you're getting great value from rolanda's content but we got to pay some bills once again my name is dominic lawson and you're listening to the startup life business owner the startup life reach is growing wouldn't you like your business to grow with it reach out to us to advertise on the startup life you can reach us at 901-857-4818 or you can email me at dominic at askowlsolutions.com i mean don't get me wrong like this is a great music to have break on but wouldn't this break sound a lot better with the same music but your business being advertised on it need more content from the startup life you say you can now sign up for the startup life all access pass on the binge podcast network's patreon page there is exclusive content written by yours truly video content where i share even more of my business philosophies and whatever crazy content i can think of out of that crazy head of mine and at only five dollars a month yeah five dollars a month this is more content for you startup nation to really get ahead of your competition so instead of upsizing that meal at your favorite fast food joint you can now invest in yourself on your path to entrepreneurship click the link in the show notes to sign up all right startup nation so let's continue so roll man let me ask you this man What's the best and worst piece of piece of advice you've ever gotten? The best piece of advice I've gotten is don't try to reinvent the wheel. Mm, okay. And and again that that naturally that's naturally how I, how I think in a way, mm-hmm. but but that helps that helped me. So in business, almost everything that I do, I've seen somebody else succeed at doing it. Mm-hmm. So. Instead of me coming out and saying I'm, I'm not naturally a, an ideal person, I'm not natural. I'm not an inventor, right? Gotcha. But I'm I'm a business owner, so I'm not saying I don't get ideas, but that's not my my strong suit. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I have a vision of what I want my business to be, and with that vision, I have to take the proper steps to get it there, right? But mm-hmm. somebody told me long ago, you don't have to recreate the wheel when when it's already there. Don't try to you know recreate the wheel unless that's your, your that's your thing. Right. And that helped me because. What, what I started to do is I looked at people who were successful at what I wanted to do, and then I, I started to pick them. How did they get there? 
Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just follow those steps. Gotcha. So that was one of the best best pieces of advice. You know, don't go out and try to recreate everything. If it's already a structure there, now if there is no structure, be the trailblazer. Right. But for sure, you don't have to recreate something that's already there. For sure. What about the worst? Worst piece of advice. The worst piece of advice was was stay at that teaching job. That's that, you know you know what I, ha- I have a very interesting story now. Now okay. that you mentioned that. Oh, we like stories. The, before before. That that teaching job, or the worst advice was, don't take that job. Mm, so, okay. and, and and it's basically don't follow your dream, follow the money. I was some summarize mm, it okay. like that. So, gotcha. the teaching job was a pay cut. I, I was I was an HVAC technician again at one of the probably the largest HVAC companies. So mm. I was doing well, but the teaching job was a pay cut. And I I was advised by <laughs> by um certain people in power at a certain place gotcha. not to take that job. And they gave me so many reasons why. They said, you know, if you take that teaching job, then you're going to make way less money. They said teaching is a noble task. But, you know, you're, that teaching job is, is not at a school. It's at... It was not a you know Memphis City Schools. Right, it's right. at a corporate environment, mm-hmm. and corporate is so cutthroat. And they gave me all the reasons why I shouldn't take the teaching job. They say you know the teaching job is not going to be able you're not going to be able to provide for your family in the future because you can't stack money fast and all these reasons. And the whole what I took from that was don't follow your dream. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was telling them, I said, I'm not making this decision based upon money. Right. I don't, I don't make anything, any decision solely based upon money. Money does matter, but right. money isn't isn't the only thing that matters. And I For said, sure. it's my dream. I want to do this. It's what I feel like I'm called to do right now. Mm-hmm. And I went against their advice, and that that turned out to be one of the best decisions I ever made. I hear that. And the same thing happened when it was time for entrepreneurship, right? Mm-hmm. I had people who, who did talk about how this teaching job is, is a sense of security. You know that you're going to get a certain salary here if you just stay here and teach. Now, it's very risky for you to go out there and start that business because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know if you're going to be able to do it. You don't know. And, and I also had people saying, I've tried it, and, and it's way more work. It's way more work than you expect. So I would say that's the worst advice. People telling me, not to do what I felt like what I was called to do at that moment. I was about to say just, just going and going against my heart, going against what I feel like I should be doing at my core. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what made it bad bad advice, and I think I'm proving um, proving people wrong. Absolutely, absolutely. But I want to dive into that a little bit because you bring up an interesting point because you have a lot of people out there, and there are many people in Startup Nation who can relate to this. Like they have people around them sometimes not well-intentioned sometimes people are well-intentioned right but they're projecting their fears or experience onto you right right and it's like you know how do you reconcile that how do you understand that like you understand that like you know let's just focus on the people who are well-intentioned we ain't gonna focus on the people that's not but like you understand like they're looking out for you but how do you reconcile like like i feel you but I, I gotta do this. How you reconcile that? Honestly, it that like that's my life. That, I hear that. It's been like that my whole life, I right? Hear that. So, so it's it's almost normal to me, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was I felt like in a lot of senses a misfit, an outcast, mm. you know, growing up. So I had I had to adapt to to understanding that people don't understand me. Right. Like e- even in my family, a lot of my close family members grew up in rural Mississippi, not too far, but like in DeSoto right. County, in Mississippi. Gotcha. Gotcha. They they looked at me, you know, growing up in Westwood, mm-hmm. and even though 
I'm their close family member, they didn't understand my life, right? Mm -hmm. So whenever I did things, they always projected, or whenever I looked a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. I, I had big hair. I had, you know, what we used to call a jerry curl. <laughs> you know, this is in elementary school. Right. I had a jerry curl, and, and my, my family always projected things on me because of how, how it looked to mm -hmm. them, right? right? Like, you look like this. And mm -hmm. At one point, I wore braids. At one point, I had very long hair. And they look, you look like this. You know, at one point, I wore baggy jeans. And they projected their fears on me my whole life. Mm -hmm. And so I, I learned at a young age that you are who you are. And I think that's something that, one of my strengths, I'm, I'm self-aware. And, and I can compartmentalize things. So I learned, okay, these people mean well, but they just don't understand. Mm -hmm. And and again, if it wasn't for my family dynamic growing up, I don't think I would have been able to handle that on the business side. But I saw it so much growing up in my mm -hmm. own family. And that's something that we, we've had discussions about. It's like, these family members mean well when they say these things. They're, they're In their mind, they're showing love. In their mind, they're protecting you. In their mind, they're warning you. Mm -hmm. But they don't understand. And the same thing with business. You know, you have people who try things and they failed, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, don't do that because I tried it. And don't do that because right. it's this hard. And so it's just normal for me to look at them and say, I appreciate you mm. because I really do appreciate right. them because again a lot of times you can tell the people who are hating or are trying to block you from the people who are really concerned and trying to advise you for sure so it was just normal for me to better look at that receive that and say I appreciate you mm. but in my mind say and sometimes depending on the person say to them but this is not the same situation I hear that I'm and not you for sure and I, uh, thank you for sharing that I'm glad you pointed that out and that's why I wanted to ask because I think a lot of times People who are entrepreneurs, I don't, I don't think they're always, I don't think it's always by accident. I think there's certain things in our life as we grow up that whether it be, you know, there's people projecting their fears or whether it be people like to like, you know, do small, like sell pencils when they're kids or something like that. There's always these inklings that's just, just inching and just asking to, to burst out. And I think as we get older, we're able to kind of pursue those things. And so it's thank true. you for sharing that. I really appreciate that for it's sure, true. for sure. Uh, let me ask you this, man. What's a popular misconception about business? Like the big one we always see is like you rolling in it, right? Like you, right. you know, you just like you know, on top of builders, just like fanning it out, that. right? But like, let's talk about that that one also, but also some other misconceptions about starting a business for sure. Um, one of the the big, like you said, they they think you have <laughs> money, right? Um, a, a, another one is people think if you have a business and I can think of a lot of, if you have a business and you're not giving them the discount mm. that they want, that, that you don't get, you Absolutely. don't give discounts, right? Right. So, 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 so that's one of them. Like an example, um, a person may call and say, well, I, I'm on a fixed income. Mm. I can't afford to pay your prices. Will gotcha. you still do the work? If you say, well, I, I can't do that right now, or, you know, this is the price I'm sorry mm -hmm. if you don't if you can't pay the price right now you may need to call another company a lot of people will take that and say this business owner don't care mm -hmm. this business owner you know and the thing is just because it didn't happen this time don't mean it's not happening all the time right and I think that's one of the things that that people get wrong about business they think that whatever that they can't see or whatever they don't know it's not happening, which is why it is good to show your involvement in the community in the community sometimes because right. for a lot of people seeing is believing. Right. But even when you're doing that, you're still going to have those certain people who don't see it. And so that's one. And of course, they think 
they know they, they think you're just making money. And and and, and, and the better the, the better your website looks, the more money they think you have, right? Right. If you have a wrap on your van instead of a magnet, they right. think you're automatically making more money. And right. what I tell people is those things don't necessarily mean you're making money. Sometimes it just means you're spending more money. For sure. Sometimes sometimes it means you're you're in debt. Mm-hmm. But so you, you have you have that as well. For sure. Uh, I'm glad you pointed that out. There, there's two things there. Like when you talk about the better website and the wrap on the van and stuff like that. I think you know there's a good side to that. Only from the standpoint of like it raises the perceived value, right? Because like if I got a wrap on my van, a better website. Oh, they must. They obviously must do great work, right? right? No, no. But it's also, right, there. right, right, exactly. But uh, but also there's that flip side. Like oh, you got some money, like bro. Like look, don't don't let the van and the and the website fool you. Like you know we out here grinding it out, right? Right. But also uh, I want to point out. Um, the important piece of like the discounts that you talked about, right? I think a lot of entrepreneurs or non-entrepreneurs need to understand that like when you can give a discount or something like that, something pro bono or whatever you decide to do, Groupon, like you said, sometimes it's to get more eyeballs like we talked about earlier. But sometimes we may be in a position to give a discount. But I think it's important for new entrepreneurs to understand that like, hey, you can't you can't service everybody. I'm sorry. You just can't. Like that's just maybe that's just money we just missed out. But also B, maybe you're not in a position to give that discount right now because like we got bills due, right? We got like marketers to right. pay, we got we gotta buy more equipment or whatever the case may be. If right. I'm giving you a discount, you know, let's say I give you this discount, that means I have to go with the the bargain brand, you know, insert uh, equipment here as opposed to the the higher, better, more durable brand of whatever it is. Forgive my ignorance. I'm not the HVAC expert, right? But you get exactly what I'm talking about, right? I do. But I think think the important thing that Startup Nation you need to understand is that like you can have the social aspect. You can give back. That's all fine. But you you can't do that part. You can't do the social give back part if you don't run the business right. You just cannot because if you don't run the business right, you have no way to do the community part, give back, discounts from time to time, wherever the case may be. So I think that's a really important point that you brought up. I appreciate that. Go ahead. Think that, that that brought up something to me. I had a customer, mm-hmm. and what you said, I agree with 100%. And mm-hmm. that's, again, uh, a misconception. They don't understand that if you if the business don't make money, mm-hmm. the business won't be here. Like when, when, when I provide a service, people are going to want a warranty, right? Right. So... If, if I'm out of business two years from now and you just spent, you know, $5,000 for me to get a new system in, but I'm out of business because <laughs> I didn't charge enough, how is that helping you? Right, because that and, warranty goes away too, right? Right, that, that warranty <laughs> goes away. So, so me charging what I need to charge in order mm-hmm. to make the profit that I need for the business to keep going mm-hmm. is not just in my self-interest, but it's also in your interest. And I think that's one of the misconceptions. They don't realize that sometimes a business have to charge a certain thing, and when they do it, it's not them being selfish or greedy. Right. It's them looking out for you as well. Right. Absolutely. No, you, you bring up a, a, a very important point. Business can do philanthropy, but business is not in the business of doing philanthropy. There's a big difference between the two, and I think uh, both Startup Nation and people who are customers, clients, non-entrepreneurs, whatever the case may be, can uh, come to understand that. So thank you for uh, for uh, sharing that with me. But let me ask you this, man. Like, 
what made you decide to call it Roy Rogers, you know, Roy Rogers heating in the air, whatever the case may be? Like, why did you choose this color scheme? Why did you choose, well, you know, why didn't you name it something else? Like, what, what went behind the concept of naming the company? The, na- the name itself was was because my name is Ro, right? Mm-hmm. Well, my name is Rolandis. Rolandis, My yes. name is Rolandis, but you a lot, a lot call of people call me Ro. I'm okay with Ro. Okay, okay. Ro. I'm okay. <laughs> but a lot of people call me Ro. And what I noticed was... A lot of people. Roe has a ring to it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Roe, or and especially Roe Rogers. Mm-hmm. When a lot of people th- hear Roe Rogers, they think of Roy Rogers. Right. I've, I've said it just a few times just now, so right. I'm like trying to correct myself. But go ahead. So, so, so that was one of the reasons for the name. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's who I am. And then other thing is, it has a ring to it. And a part of that is, you you want something that people can remember, for and sure. and that kind of helps people remember with it being so closely related mm-hmm. to. To Roy Rogers, I have I get so many people saying Roy Rogers. I, I have a little quick follow, but I always say just like Roy, but without the Y. It's like <laughs> gotcha. it, it comes so naturally, right? And the color scheme and all that, um, I, I did I designed my own you know okay. logo and all that. Um, so the the color scheme was just you know the the to try to send the message of what we do, right? Mm, I, I'm not okay. a lot yeah, of people yeah. probably haven't sent seen the logo or if they have it's basically a a snowflake in the background with a red arrow going saying when you're cold we can bring you heat then it has a sun with a blue arrow saying you know when you're hot we bring the AC so that's where the color scheme came from there it is thank you for sharing that because like a lot of times you know when we have logos some people just make logos and just make a logo because we need a logo right but I think it's important to to be very nuanced and, and intricate with the logo to where it also tells what you're doing like a lot of people don't even realize like when we talk about fedex or whatever right like the little arrow inside of it that's true meaning going forward right now everybody catches that right so i'm that's glad true. you pointed that out appreciate that uh so you know we talked earlier that you just uh, uh brought out a new team member right new employee new whatever the case may be for mm-hmm. sure uh so when before you you know brought them on the team what were you looking for what, what were you looking for as far as like no, uh, do they have great customer service? How can they continue to tell the story of Roll Rogers eating there? What was that process like bringing on a new team member? Number one with me when it came to hiring my first team member mm-hmm. was character. Like, like what what is this person's character? In the service industry, oftentimes you're in people's homes. Mm. You know, well, almost all the time. You know, For you're sure. in somebody's home. Sometimes you're in someone's home alone. So the first thing is, can I trust this person? Mm-hmm. Right? Can I trust this person not only to to be honest with me and, and, and not steal from me, but to be honest with my customers, not steal and do things that they shouldn't be doing in you know in customers' homes. So that was the first thing. You know, are they honest? The other thing is, are they excited? Are are they excited about the company? Are they excited about the opportunity? Just what what is their excitement level? Gotcha. And then then the other thing is, are they teachable? You know, do they want to learn? And I've I've heard before, you can take somebody who don't know anything about a certain trade or certain industry, and you can teach them that trade or industry. But a lot of times, you can't teach them that character, right? That's true. So, so, and I've I've also seen it, you know, through my 16 years of doing this, Mm -hmm. I've seen plenty of people who can fix heat and air conditioner, heaters and air conditioning, Mm -hmm. but they. They'll lie to a customer, mm. or or you know they'll, they'll do some deceptive, or, or right. I've heard of people stealing, you know. So it's like wow. that that type stuff you don't want. So the thing was, you can take somebody 
with great character, and I, he's also trained. So I'm not saying that my, no, my team no, is, sure, is trained, sure. but you can take somebody with great great character, and you can get them to wherever they need to be on the technical side, right? I hear that. But it's it's kind of hard to do the opposite. You know, take somebody yeah. with great technical skills and bad character, mm-hmm. and then get them to conform to the character of your business. So that was the main thing. For sure. I, I appreciate you sharing that. Let me ask you this, man. Have you ever had to turn down a client before? And if so, we'll give us a story if you can, but you can also, you know, for obvious reasons, leave out the name for sure. But tell us right. the story. I haven't I haven't had to turn down a client that was that needed the ser- the exact services that I provide. To be honest, okay. most of the times when I, when I do turn down a client, it's because they they want something that that's related to my business, but we don't do. Per- an, an example mm-hmm. is I received right. a phone call last week from a customer who wanted me to come out and install a, a heater for him, mm-hmm. but he wanted me to bring him a used heater. So mm-hmm. a lot of people will look at me and say, you know what? Well, that's money. What, what's the big deal? You get a used heater, you check it out, you make sure that it works, you take it, you sell it to them, make money. But that's not a part of our business model. One of the things that we take pride in is we don't use any used parts, and I'm not knocking anybody who do, but we don't use any used parts right. or any used equipment. So I've had situations like that. I turn down people a lot um, because of it's commercial. You know, right. I have a lot of people with businesses and. And they want me to come and do work at their business. And I've tried it in the past, but again, the commercial work is is somewhat different. Mm -hmm. So a couple of times when I did reach out there, even though it's not a part of the the business model, I reached out there and it just didn't go or feel the way way I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, we get often get calls from commercial companies saying, you know, come service our office business. So I turned down clients in that way. You know, gotcha. it's not the exact service. For sure. But you bring up an interesting point because I think a lot of times, you know, we, we can't go chasing money, right? Because, like, if that's not the business model, that's not the business model. We tell people all the time on the startup life, like, look, you can be the high end or you can be the low end. You can make money either way. And so you just decide to be on the high end. And so that's where you want to be. It's, it's fine. Uh, that's where you decide to be on the higher end of the market. And, you you know, when we think about the higher end, we think about like your targets and your apples or whatever the case may be, right. as opposed to Android or not. nothing's wrong with Android if you're an Android person, but iPhone. <laughs> OK, never mind. So uh, but but no, it's like, you know, you know, that debate Android versus Apple all the time. But the thing is, Apple decided to be on the higher end of the market. But Android decided to be have the cheaper phones. And Android, believe it or not, most people don't know this. Android has the larger market share. More mm-hmm. people have Android phones; they have Apple phones because it's more affordable. Right, right. But they know. But I think that's commendable that you decide to stick with the business model because that's what you want to be known for, right? For right. sure. And forgive us, Startup Nation. We're, we're downtown Memphis, and so we got some uh, <laughs> here at the office here. So we got some uh, some uh, fire uh, trucks going. So sorry about that. If you're picking that up, for sure. But let me ask you this, man. Let's shift a little bit, if you would. So, you know, we talked about servicing the community and and, and, and and reaching out to the community and stuff like that. And so they give us money for our services or whatever the case may be. So with that being said, you know, some people think that entrepreneurs should be more vocal in, you know, society and social issues. You know, we're kind of in a somewhat political divisive nature with, you know, the right. political this that, and the other. So should entrepreneurs be obligated to give commentary on social issues should they stay out of it where do you stand on that i think you have to be true to who you are okay and what i mean by that is if you're a vocal person it's okay for you to be vocal if you're not it's okay if you're not you know if you don't give commentary i don't think we're obligated okay just because we're you know we're entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. um 
again, some some people that's just not their 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 thing to gotcha. be vocal. And when they they receive pressure from society or pressure from others to do that, a lot of times they may end up putting their foot in their mouth or, or, mm. or may end up in a situation that's bad for them and, th- and their family for because sure. they were trying to please somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I do think that. We should. We all should, whether you're an entrepreneur or not. I think we all should serve our community mm-hmm. in some type of way. Mm-hmm. But again, what, what kind of goes back to the misconceptions of, of people? A lot of time, a lot of people think if you're not saying something out loud, if, if they didn't hear you say something, you're not doing anything about it. Right. And that's just not the case. Right. So I think as an entrepreneur, you have to know who you are, and you have to be be confident and and have enough esteem to to say just because they don't know don't mean that it's not happening and I'm not going to feel bad about it because right. I can be doing work and not saying it out loud for sure you know so I don't feel we're obligated to speak out but I do feel that everybody is obligated to do something for their community again no matter if they're an entrepreneur or for not for sure for sure I appreciate that for sure uh, let me ask you this man you know there there are many HVAC heating and air companies all over the place right why should they go with you Make the case. You should go with Row Rogers Air Conditioning and Heating LLC because one, we're honest. Mm-hmm. We're honest. Two, we're competent. I hear that. Three, we care. And 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 that may not sound like a lot, you know, to a lot of people. But the thing about HVAC that makes me different in HVAC is I chose HVAC. HVAC didn't choose me, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of people end up in this industry because they heard that it make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. A lot of people end up in this industry because the thing that they wanted to do, they couldn't do for whatever reason. Right. They had a setback. I do heating and air because I love doing heating and air. And that, that comes across in my service. Mm-hmm. That comes across in my attention to detail. That comes across in my, my, you know, how I, my customer service. So when you deal with us, you can trust that we're going to do the job correctly. I can't say that we're going to be perfect. Sometimes we may make a mistake. When we make that mistake, you can be confident that we're going to come back and take care of that, though. Right. We're, not, we're not going to run from it. We're going to honor our warranties. We're going to do things you know, up to code, and we're going to have the right you know, licenses. So when you do it, you can, you can be safe. You can be comfort, comfortable. And I tell people a lot of times, we're not in the business of selling heating and air conditioning. We sell comfort. Mm. That, that's what we do. We want you to be, be comfortable in your home with, with the conditions from air quality to heating to cooling, humidity, and all that. And we also want you to be comfortable not, not wondering, you know, how long is this thing going to last or, or if, if if this right here goes out today, can I, can I count, count on this company? Can I count on? So we do all we can to bring you and show you that you can trust us and that you can be comfortable in your home. I hear that. Who are your mentors, man? My personal mentor is my former youth pastor. Okay. A pers- person named Dwayne. And he, he started mentoring me when I was, well, he started mentoring slash discipling me when I was around probably 16, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, He's he's successful in in business itself. He's not an entrepreneur, but he um he, he works in in the community and okay. he, he has a big role and he, he has grown the division that he work in mm-hmm. you know time after time. Um, but one of the reasons that he's my mentor is again he possesses a lot of the same qualities that I look at and I admire. Right? He's not he's not a a person that can be bought. 
You know, he, he's not doing th anything just for the money. He yeah. has a big heart. He's always, you know, active in the community. So, you know, growing up, I didn't really see a lot of that as a child, gotcha. right, in, in gotcha. the community, you know. So sure. so I when when I saw that in him and and also he invested in me, which which is what made a difference. I saw that in him, he invested in me, we developed this bond. So that's my personal, you know, mentor to this day, you know. Mm -hmm. If he's one hundred, he's probably like almost twenty years older than me. So if he if he's one hundred, <laughs> I'm gonna be eighty, he'll still be mentoring me. And then of course, you know, I have people who I look at and again they kinda mentor me from afar. For sure. You know, I For have sure. have those as well. Okay. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. What's your uh entrepreneurial superpower and why? Everybody has one. I think, I think I have a couple, but I would say the the main one is I'm genuine. Okay. And coming up in the community, there was a saying that people said, and if I started off, you would probably be able to finish it. But people used to always say, "Real, recognize, real, real, right?" Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that that's how we said it, you know, in in the community. Right. But then you in the business world. You heard it, which is the same principle, but different words. People used to say, "What's from the heart reaches the heart," mm. or and and some people would just say, "People can tell when you're genuine." And I think that's my my superpower. Like the motto for my business is real, reliable customer service. The reason that that's my motto or my slogan is because I want to provide real, reliable customer service. Mm -hmm. And what that means is. A lot of people talk about customer service, but a lot of people don't really try to deliver, don't really want to deliver. The the spot that, that you see me at a lot, mm -hmm. one of the reasons that, that I fell in love with that spot mm -hmm. is because, of course, not just because the chicken sandwich tastes great, but <laughs> it's because I really I have a thing with customer service, gotcha. and that customer service is great. So I For got sure. that, I experienced that, and I always said I want to be the blank of, of heating and air conditioning, gotcha. right? I take gotcha. that same thing. But when I when I go into a customer's home and and I'm saying something, I'm not selling them. Mm. And and that's what I mean by I'm I'm genuine, right? Gotcha. When when the customer which we do give discounts and we do help people, when the customer comes to me and they say, you know what, we really can't afford this and I look at that customer, I say, you know what? I care about your situation. I, I'm not just saying that because it's the right thing to say. I really have empathy, and I really care about that customer. And a lot of times, I end up giving you know a lot of a lot of discounts because right. of that reason. For sure. But I think me being genuine is again like a like a superpower, mm. and and the genuineness also bleeds over to um, like self awareness. Like that. a part of being genuine is being you know aware of of who I am, how I think, and that's the good and the bad. I recognize and I acknowledge my good. I recognize and I acknowledge. My bad, mm -hmm. you know. I'm not. I'm not going to run from that. And of course, out of being genuine, you have. I'm honest. You have. So all that flows out of the one superpower. I think is I'm genuine. I'm not going to fake it. I'm not going to try to pretend to be somebody else. I'm. I'm going to be me. And in being me, I'm also caring for others. Gotcha. So man, you know, we're just about to the end of this session of the Startup Life. Man, just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. You gave amazing content. We really appreciate you coming on the show, man. But there's an entrepreneur out there, they they're, they're, they haven't started up, they haven't jumped off that cliff, or they just feel stuck in their business, man. Give them some advice. Give them a last nugget of like, you know, 
uh, no, to help them move forward in their path of entrepreneurship. Don't listen to the naysayers. <laughs> um, pe- people, as we already said, people are going to try to project their fears on you. Mm-hmm. People are going to tell you all the reasons why it can't be done. But you have to believe in yourself and know that it, it can be done. And you have to believe in yourself enough to invest in yourself. Mm. You have to believe in yourself enough to know that, you know, you have what it takes, but it's just that choice. And the other thing is you don't want to live with regret, right? So you don't want to look back and and be thinking, what if I would have done it? What if I would have? Worst case scenario is you try and it don't succeed. Guess what? You still live. It's like... It's like Friday, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you live, you live to do something else. <laughs> Worst case scenario, you go back to doing what you were doing. And the fear, a lot of times, I think all fear boils down to, or, or most fear, I think most fear boils down to how other people, what other people will say. Right. Like think of, if you're an entrepreneur or consider entrepreneurship, ask, your, ask yourself this. If no other people could see and know if you failed or not, would you do it then? If if, if nobody could see and be like, ah, that person, would you do it? A lot of times the answer is yes. So what that tells us is we really a lot of times care too much about what other people think. That's true. Take that jump. Get out of the boat. If it don't work out the first time, you can try again or you can take some, another route. But live your life. I hear that. And that's going to do it for this session of The Startup Life, man. Did you enjoy it? I definitely enjoyed it. Hopefully um, you enjoyed it as well. And <laughs> It was a pleasure. Again, it's a pleasure and it's an honor being here. Awesome. All right, Startup Nation. So here's my final take. When it comes to Rolandis, let me tell you why he is a great entrepreneur. The first thing is that like he values customer service. Customer service is so important to Rolandis in, in making sure that the customer feels like they that they've made a good choice and that they really are getting you know the service that they deserve when it comes to the great service that he provides with his heating and air uh, business the biggest thing that i love about roland is, is that he empowers his client base he empowers his customer base he gives them the knowledge and the tools that they need to not only make an informed decision but also to make sure that the decision when they go with him that it was the right one and that builds trust but more importantly that means repeat business for Rolandis. if you want to let us know what you think about the show have an idea for a show topic or like to advertise on our show send us a message on the startup life podcast facebook page and while you are there like and follow our page as well it's a way for us to engage with you startup nation and really grow our community the link is here in the show notes subscribe to the show as it can now be heard on apple Podcasts, google play stitcher radio spotify or whatever your favorite podcast platform is if you're listening to apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show also don't forget to sign up for exclusive content and sign up for the startup life all access pass on the binge podcast network's patreon page and hey if you have an idea be about that life the startup life